This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. At Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers, incredible offers, and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krupnik, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. of talk now on talk radio 1210 wpht rich zioli the president of harvard is out claudine gay resigns now she will remain a member of the faculty however and still make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year former president donald trump appeals maine's exclusion banning him from the ballot Lots to talk about. Welcome back to the show. Happy New Year. Hope you had a wonderful uh, New Year's Eve. Wonderful Christmas. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. I'm going to get into the the appeal by the former president. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think and how this is going to play out and why the Secretary of State of Maine is, is, uh, is nuts in my opinion. But that is officially breaking news. Also, the other breaking news today is that uh, former, I mean, not former, but soon to be former, eventually will be former, New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez hit with additional charges of aiding a foreign country, this time the nation of Qatar. Uh, He was already accused of aiding Egypt. Now he's accused of aiding Qatar to enrich himself financially and his friends financially as well. So we'll get into all that with you. 855-839-1210. Lori's in Ringo's. She's been patiently holding. Lori, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Rich. Um, I wanted to say that Claudine Gay, um, you know, the accusations around her resignation are that um, uh, due to plagiarism, um, is that it's racism. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I think I agree with that. It it is racism. It must be because we have a president of the United States who is a known plagiarist. And yet that old white guy still got his job. But she's she doesn't have hers, so is there racism in there? And I am being tongue-in-cheek, Rich. No, I know you are, but it's a good point. Uh, it's a very good point. I mean, Joe Biden has, has survived all those plagiarism accusations, and, and uh, yeah, quoting gay, so it must, be, it must be racism, I guess. And can you I say one, other related, one sure. other related thing? So um, the, I think you had a, recent, a previous call that said this, there's a long way to go now. You got rid of two of those presidents. Liz McGill being one of them, uh, mm-hmm. and and there's still so much more to do. And I got to tell you, that is so true, um, because I have a daughter who recently graduated from Penn, taking um, hard sciences. I don't want to get too specific, but I'm talking about like physics, chemistry, that kind of stuff. When I when I call the hard sciences, so did a minor in music and had to fill out her seventh music class, and there wasn't much to choose from. Chose something like women in music. Went to the first class, got the syllabus. And the topic literally had the word, it was like dykes with woodwinds or dykes and percussion. You know, it was like, can't, you know, refuse to take it because 
you know, she's seriously interested in music, too, and wanted to actually learn something. But this is the kind of stuff that's going on, and it's pervasive at every level. So getting rid of the president might be a nice start, but they have to be, you know, it has to be the beginning of something, not the end. Yeah, I don't even know if you can say that on the radio, but I get we just yeah. Did, did so I get I bleeped? Guess. I was wondering. I, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, don't, I think it's not on the well, band list. I, don't, I mean, I assume yeah, we bleeped just to be safe. Oh, we, we bleeped yeah. it just it to be safe. It was literally. This is literally what's printed. You know, what's, yeah. People that go see what what they're going to be learning about that kind it of was, crap. I think a, I can say the, crap. The D word for lesbians is what she said, which also is something used to hold up a piling in water, right? <laughs> The little Dutch boy stuck his finger in it to keep the those <laughs> dam from bursting. And it's not just limited to the Ivy Leagues. I got to say, I got a kid that goes to Penn State, and I told that kid, any of these classes, don't take that kind of class because I don't want to pay $5,000 for a class for one semester and find out that it's that kind of crap. Well, you know, Lori, it's what uh, Guy Reschenthaler, Congressman Reschenthaler, made a great point. He said, truth in lending has to be a thing here. You know, if, if, if a student's majoring in gender studies and they, they're going to graduate and make a salary of $35,000 a year, they're going to have $200,000 of debt, how much the, the, the cost of that is going to cost them over the, their lifetime? A truth in lending act, I think, would be, would, be, would be very helpful. But the other problem is that as long as the government keeps giving out this free money, quote-unquote free money, they're going to keep colleges are going to keep raising their rates. There's they're always going to be there's always going to be a market for it. So there's no incentive for them to ever lower tuition or keep it even flat. You know? I totally agree. And we're trying to put our children through college without any without incurring any um, loans, either my my husband and I or my kids. But I got to tell you, Rich, there's a lot of lifestyle trade off decisions that we've made for the past 20 years since we had kids and, you know, that, that we've had to make to be able to do that. And the end of it, it's, you know, the well's going to be pretty dry. And the reason it costs so dang much is because of what you're saying, because the government has infused all this loan money. We would be paying less, even out of pocket, okay, if, the, if these schools didn't have all this money coming at them, basically through the U.S. government, because they're guaranteeing the loans. Yeah, well, well said. Lori, thank you. Happy New Year, my friend, and we'll talk to you again Happy soon. Happy New Year. All right, right, so Maine. Now, here's the thing you got to realize about the state of Maine and what the Secretary of State did here, and I have some audio I'm going to share with you. Uh, She made this decision on herself, all all by herself here, to just ban Trump from the ballot. There's no due process whatsoever. Here's the Maine Secretary of State explaining her decision-making here. She was on MSNBC. It's a little bit long, but I, I want you to listen to it, if you don't mind, because I think it's really important to think about the kind of arrogance and just pure authoritarianism of this person to think that she has this power to do this when Donald Trump has never been found guilty of any of these things, let alone even charged with any of these things. Cut number one. It's a very detailed decision. Uh, We lay out uh, why under main law, the secretary of state has the authority, indeed the obligation. I'm duty bound to make this determination. Uh, We also, I rather um, laid out that the record demonstrates that, in fact, the events of January 6, 2021, which were unprecedented and tragic, uh, were an insurrection uh, in the meaning of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And finally, uh, in reviewing the facts presented, the evidence, uh, the law, the history, um, we determined uh, under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment 
that Mr. Trump engaged in insurrection and therefore was disqualified. Now, I, I, I have to say, not only is this an incredibly important decision, but it's a very brave decision. Uh, the Trump campaign has, has already come out attacking you. Uh, they have said that you are a, a virulent leftist and a hyperpartisan Biden supporting Democrat. First and foremost, it's important to know my oath to the Constitution, my obligations to the Constitution and rule of law come before any other consideration. No other factors could weigh on that decision and did not. I'm duty bound to both hold a hearing and make a ruling. And under the law, there's a very compressed timeline uh, in evaluating this. Uh, I came to the conclusion that I could not, unfortunately or fortunately, wait for the United States Supreme Court to make a de- decision. Uh, the main law required me to issue that decision, which I did today. I smile because we were number one in voter turnout per capita in 2022. We are really proud of that. And we have a really strong framework of election laws that encourage citizen participation. Uh, we have same day right, voter let's registration. Stop it right there. Let's, 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 let's break this down for a second. Uh, she's determined Trump engaged in an insurrection. Right? She's determined this herself. She's made this determination. My question is this. What gives the right of the state of Maine to not only accuse somebody of a federal crime, but to find them guilty of that federal crime and then to impose uh, a sentence on them. Because that's essentially what she's done. An insurrection would be a federal offense. Whether you're inciting it or participating in it or giving aid and comfort to that, it'd be a federal offense, it'd be a federal issue. Yet Maine has decided this. Trump did not get a trial in Maine. I don't think Maine has the authority to do this. I don't know how a state has the authority to charge somebody with federal offenses. Yes, it's incumbent upon the states to ensure that the elections are fair as per Article 2 of the United States Constitution. The Article 2 is very clear. It states how old the person has to be to be president, 35, minimum age at the time of your inauguration. Got to be 35. You got to be born in the United States and you have to live in the United States for a certain period of time. That's all there. And yes, the states are incumbent upon enforcing that because that is in the Constitution. To argue that the 14th Amendment is also in the Constitution, therefore then the states have the right to enforce it, is absurd if Donald Trump has not been found guilty of these things in a federal court. And this is the fundamental problem with what Maine is doing. And this is why I think the United States Supreme Court is going to say she has no right to do this. Trump has not been found guilty, has not been charged with an insurrection. In the United States of America... A person is entitled to due process. We just don't get to see things on TV and come to these conclusions. We don't get to just make decisions based on that. Based saying, well, I, I watched closed circuit television of that guy stabbing that woman to death. Therefore, he's guilty. Send him to prison. Skip the trial. And right there. It's not, we, we don't do things that way in this country. Every person is afforded their due process rights. And there's nothing about the 14th Amendment that precludes that. In fact, the 14th Amendment doubles down on due process as it argues that no person can be denied life, liberty, or property without due process. You're, you're literally denying Donald Trump the liberty to be able to run for president of the United States without due process. And that is in the 14th Amendment. You know, the, the due process provision of the 14th Amendment, which many people have interpreted as ensuring that the Bill of Rights, ensuring that all the rights outlined in the first 10 amendments are uh, something that, 
All the states have to enforce, you know, protect, I should say. But it's very clear. It's very clear there that no person shall be denied life, liberty, or property without due process. That's also in the 14th Amendment. So where was Trump's due process? The Secretary of State of Maine just decides this on her own. She just decides this without a trial, without a a jury of his peers, without Trump being able to present evidence in his defense. Nothing. I mean, there's nothing with the Sixth Amendment whatsoever here that's involved. And that's the other problem that I have with this, too, which is that if you're going to turn around and you're going to say that Donald Trump lacks the ability right now to be able to defend himself, Donald Trump does not have the ability as an American citizen to turn around and offer up a defense, then how does the 14th Amendment then make sure that all the Bill of Rights extend to the states? I mean, the the Sixth Amendment is right there. It's very clear, right? You you have a right to a jury of your peers. You have a right to, you know, present evidence. It's right there. 14th Amendment, supposed to say all the states have to ensure that the Bill of Rights are there. You can't deny anybody any of the rights afforded in the Constitution in the first 10 articles. Well, they're doing that in Maine. They're completely doing that in Maine. All on her own, deciding this as the Secretary of State by herself. It, 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 it's so mind-bogglingly authoritarian and dangerous that even David Axelrod comes to that conclusion. But before I get to that, let me also play you this here. Now, she's entitled to her opinion. And if this is what the main Secretary of State thinks, then by all means, you're allowed to think this. It's America. You have a right to think this. And she can, she can go out there on the campaign trail and she can, she can go out there and endorse Joe Biden. She can, she can back Biden and she can say all these things about Trump. She's allowed to think this. But what gives her the right to then put it into action, into legal action, is the question that I'll ask you. Here's her, the main Secretary of State, uh, Shana Bellows, cut two. My decision is 36 pages. I encourage people to read it on the main Secretary of State website. Uh, the weight of the evidence, all of the evidence, made clear that Mr. Trump was aware of the tinder laid by a multi-month effort to delegitimize a Democratic election, the election of 2020 and then chose to light a match on January 6th and then did nothing for a time. The evidence presented uh, demonstrated, and and remember the events of January 6th, 2021, and this was borne out by the evidence, were unprecedented and tragic. They were an attack not only upon the Capitol and on the government officials there, members of Congress, former vice president, but also an attack on the rule of law. And the evidence demonstrated that they occurred at the behest of and with the knowledge and support of the outgoing president. Here's my question. At what point was this evidence shown in a courtroom? At what point was this evidence shown in a courtroom? And at what point was Donald Trump afforded the ability to face his accusers and present his own evidence to push back against the government's claims? Because I missed, I, I missed that. I, I, I missed when that, all that happened. So now we live in a country where one individual, one, one state official, can now decide to be judge, jury, and executioner. 
because she saw something on television. She has strong opinions about it. She believes these things. And it doesn't matter if Donald Trump had no due process, no ability to cross-examine witnesses, no ability to face his accusers, no ability to present evidence. It doesn't matter. None of those things matter. It's just she feels that way, so then therefore he doesn't get the right to be on the ballot. I mean, how is that America is my question. How does that sound like the United States of America? I, as the Secretary of State, get to determine your guilt on a federal offense, even based on evidence that you have not had a chance to review, you have not had a chance to push back on, you've not had a chance to explain why my evidence is BS in front of a jury of your peers. And as a consequence of that, I'm depriving you of your liberty to be able to run for president. I'm taking away your liberty, even though you've had no due process. Your due process was me determining your guilt. That was your due process. I looked at the evidence of January 6th and I determined that you did these things. And therefore, that's enough. I mean, my God, do you get more authoritarian than that? Do you get more tyrannical than that? Where somebody gets to turn around and just make a determination about somebody's guilt like that and then take away their life or their liberty or their property without a trial, without due process, without a jury of their peers, without without the, the... Remember, in our system of justice... Every single person is entitled to a presumption of innocence. You don't have to fight to prove your innocence. The government has to fight to prove your guilt. There's no exemptions for that whatsoever. It doesn't matter how serious the crime is. It doesn't matter whether it is a crime of treason. It doesn't matter if if it's child murder. It doesn't matter. Every person gets the right to be viewed in the eyes of the law as an innocent person and afforded their due process rights. This is, every citizen has that right. Every single citizen of the United States of America, Donald Trump being no different. And yet here in Maine, we've decided now that we will cast judgment on a federal offense and prescribe the penalty. And there's not even an appeal process within the state of Maine, let alone a, a trial. This is what I think the Supreme Court needs to fundamentally come back and and explain to the state of Maine and to every state that you don't get to do this because there's something called due process, which is also in the 14th Amendment. And you've deprived this man of due process and you absolutely have no authority to do this. And then the other thing which is so stupid about this now is that you have this idiot Jamie Raskin, who really honestly truly is a moron, equating this to somebody not being uh, born in this country and being deprived the right to be on the ballot because of, the, uh, of, of that determination. Here's cut number four. I think that the urgency is for the Supreme Court to act, but um, I think it's going to be uh, tough for some of them if they want to keep Trump on the ballot, if they're falling for the argument that this is undemocratic. I mean, is it undemocratic that Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jennifer Granholm can't run for president because they weren't born in the country. If you think about it, of all the forms of disqualification we have, the one that disqualifies people for engaging in insurrection is the most democratic. How is it the most democratic, you idiot? If you're not born in this country, it, Article 2 is very clear, you can't be president. How, so how, how is, how is the, the, the disqualifying somebody under the 14th Amendment the most democratic if you don't even have to go through any due process? Even if somebody was not born in this country, but is accused of, let's say, a U.S. citizen who was born in the United States of America, 
but is accused of being born in a foreign country. At least that person has due process. They're allowed to go to a court and prove that they were born in America. They're allowed to, they're allowed to, to prove their case. I, and, and it's very simple. You're not, you're not accused of a crime. It's a question of where you were born. It's just a requirement under the Constitution. It's not, it's not a disqualification. You, it's a requirement under the Constitution. Here are the requirements. You've got to be born in this country. It's not, it doesn't disqualify people who weren't born in this country from being president because they weren't born in this country, you idiot. You're talking about disqualifying somebody who is eligible to be president without due process. If I'm born in Kenya, I'm not eligible to be president. Therefore, I'm not disqualified from being president, you moron. I can't be. I was born in Kenya. But if but if I'm an American citizen and I've met the requirements of Article 2, you can't just disqualify me without due process. You idiot. All right, 855-839-1210 is the number. Uh, CNN legal analyst Ellie Honig said uh, that Bellows relied on YouTube clips to make her decision. Oh, that's good. Well, she used YouTube. I guess that's what we use now instead of due process. We use YouTube. That's helpful. That's good. I think they should update the Constitution to say that. No person shall be deprived life, liberty, or property without due process, except if we rely on YouTube clips. I think that'd be a good update to the amendment. I don't know if it'll pass or not, but I'll propose that constitutional amendment when I get back. Uh, 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Listen, Cherry Hill Volvo and Route 70 and Cherry Hill, our great friends over there, have just been incredible sponsors of our show, of our station. You know, we broadcast live every day from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios. Located right on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. That's where the dealership is, of course. We are we are not physically there, but years ago, Judith <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, Judith said, I want the studio naming rights. I want everybody to know how much we stand with Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the incredible work you do there. That's why we are the Cherry Hill Vavo Studios. And we're so proud of that fact. Now there are incredible savings opportunities for you right now at Cherry Hill Vavo already aggressive pricing and promotions, and they will strive to find you the absolute best pricing and best promotions, owner loyalty bonuses, so much more. And right now, they're getting ready for their big renovation. So there's even extra savings opportunities for you and even more aggressive promotions at Cherry Hill Volvo. You will see that the entire team is dedicated to making sure you're happy. And I'll tell you, Driving up to the Adirondacks to see Bridget's family in the XC90, the family car, luxurious, third row, and plenty of cargo space. It made the trip so much easier. So what are you waiting for? Go visit them today, right on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Maybe you want to have a smaller SUV. I have the XC40, and I love it. It's got a ton of cargo room, and it's beautiful, and I love driving it. And I'm in a program called Care by Volvo. When you take advantage of Care by Volvo through Cherry Hill Volvo, your payments include insurance yes your car insurance is included prepaid tire prepaid uh, schedule maintenance tire and wheel care 15,000 miles annually excessive wear coverage and more for one price and then after five months you can change to a different volvo keep the volvo you have or cancel the lease altogether it's the flexibility you deserve so go see them today cherry hill volvo where relationships matter tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. You know, the um, amazing thing about this political season we're about to get into, of course, is that we are in Pennsylvania, so we are going to be the epicenter of all of it. I think Congressman Guy Reschenthaler really drove home that point today. If you missed it, that interview is podcast, of course. I want to thank you as well for... Uh, all, all the podcast downloads have been just, we've been crushing it. Thank you for that. Really do appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening for however you listen. You listen on the podcast the next day, you listen, whatever, however you do it. Thank you for doing it that way. We appreciate it very, very much. It means the world. And obviously, uh, since we are in the epicenter of this for 2024, we are going to have on some great guests throughout the year, no doubt about it. One of those great guests will be tomorrow. Dr. Carol Swain herself will be on the show at 535 tomorrow, and she has been one of the people out there, the most vocal, calling for Claudine Gay to go because Claudine Gay directly plagiarized from Dr. Carol Swain, who is a prominent African-American woman, and yet the left will never acknowledge her as they scream about a black woman president being pushed out of Harvard because of institutional racism. They will never mention the fact that she stole from a black woman named Dr. Carol Swain and her intellectual thought. But let's stick to this issue about Maine, shall we? This is uh, Ellie Honig. This is the CNN legal analyst talking about how Maine Secretary of State came up with her legal reasoning, uh, of course, denying Donald J. Trump any due process whatsoever and deciding of his guilt uh, all by herself and then handing out the punishment all by herself. Take a listen. Now, it's important to note, and in the ruling, the uh, Secretary of State we just heard from says she's basically following the same legal reasoning as the Colorado Supreme Court did last week. And she says in her ruling, if this gets struck down in Colorado, we're out of luck, too. So she's basing it on the same legal argument. Let me sort of lay out the arguments both sides. And by the way, it's worth saying we're all theorizing here. We're in legally unknown territory. The argument against is, first of all, the 14th Amendment, Section 5, says Congress has the authority to pass laws to implement this. They did. They passed the criminal law. And the argument is that means Congress, not the states. But perhaps this is the argument that the main secretary of state in Colorado made. The states can do it, too. If that's true, then Section 2, Question 2, is were the processes, were these hearings fair? Did they comport with due process? And I think there's a question there with regard to what Maine did, because if you look at the hearing, and she details this in the, in the ruling, they heard from one fact witness, a law professor. She based her ruling on a lot of documents, but also YouTube clips, news reports, things that would never pass the bar in normal court. She's not a lawyer, by the way. It's a smartly written decision, clearly consulted with lawyers, but this is an unelected. She's chosen by the state legislature. Yeah, a YouTube clip. So that's what I mean. You know, no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process unless uh, the person watches a lot of YouTube clips and then decides your guilt for you right there. <laughs> and I propose that we amend the Constitution to say that. We'll call it the YouTube Amendment. We'll update the 14th Amendment. <laughs> No person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process, dot, 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 unless the person accusing you has watched a lot of YouTube clips. (laughs) 
In which case, you are screwed. <laughs> I think it would pass. And we'll go down as one of the... Let the 14th Amendment officially be one of the worst amendments of the Constitution, along with the 16th Amendment and the 17th Amendment, the 18th Amendment, and the 19th Amendment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Chicks dig me. I'm just joking. I love the fact that you have the right to vote. We love the 19th Amendment on the Rich the Only Show. That's our (laughs) official stance. That's the official stance of the show. We don't like the 16th Amendment. That was taxation. 17th Amendment was the uh, was the popular vote for senators. 18th Amendment was prohibition. And the 19th Amendment was giving the ladies the right to vote. We like that one. Theoretically. Chicks dig the rich, the only show. That is our new, that is our slogan for 2024. We're up 150% in the uh, coveted women, hot, uh, hot women dem- demographics. So, <laughs> you know, thank you for that. Uh, here is the Colorado Secretary of State explaining again how uh, she gave Donald Trump no due process. But, but in her defense, she also watched a lot of YouTube clips. Cut number three. Colorado's elections are the best in the nation. And we think we'll have a great election regardless of what happens. We have provisions already under Colorado law uh, to deal with a situation when a candidate is disqualified when their name already appears on the ballot. And the vast majority of Coloradans actually vote their mail ballots, even with unprecedented in-person voting opportunities. I think it's important to note that we are only here because Donald Trump incited the insurrection. He has created the situation for himself. There is clear language in the Constitution in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment for this exact situation. Uh, I believe he is a threat to democracy, the right to vote in the future stability of this nation. Okay, so as long as you believe it, then it must be so. And that's it. It, uh, We could also amend the 14th Amendment to say that. No person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process, dot, 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 Unless the accuser really believes it. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. And also watches YouTube clips. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Really thinks it's true. That's it. And we're good. Uh, Even David Axelrod knows how bad this is politically for Democrats. It's not good. It's, it's, It's terrible for democracy, but it's also bad for Democrats, and all it's doing is helping Donald Trump. Here is, of course, former Obama advisor, and I've told you this before. I think David Axelrod is one of the sharpest political minds out there. I may not agree with the guy much politically, but he's certainly very, very smart. He's, no question about it, uh, one of the top three smartest Democrats out there. And by the way, I should mention, all three of those smart people all think that Joe Biden needs to drop out of the race. Take a listen. All of this is is uh, strengthening uh, him in the Republican primary. We've run this experiment. Uh, you know, he's only gained since he started getting indicted. Uh, you know, what you thought might be kryptonite for him has turned out to be battery packs. And this is a big one uh, for him. Uh, presumably, the Supreme Court will deal with it uh, fairly quickly. And I expect that they will leave him on the ballot. And yes, uh, Brianna, I I I have very, very strong reservations about all of this. I do think it would rip the country apart if he were uh, actually prevented from running because tens of millions of people uh, want to vote for him. I think if you're going to beat Donald Trump, you're going to probably have to do it at the polls. 
Well, he's exactly right about that fact in terms of it's only helping Donald Trump politically, no question about it. And in addition to helping Trump politically, you got to wonder how much it's hurting Joe Biden. There's so many factors hurting Joe Biden right now. Obviously, the economy, the open borders, no doubt about it. There's a new poll that came out, and MSNBC's Steve Kornacki was breathless, breathless describing this. It's bad. I mean, Biden begins 2024 in really, really bad shape, worse than any other incumbent president facing re-election in the history of NBC News polls. It's that bad. Cut eight. How about the Democratic end of things? Joe Biden seems poised to be the Democratic nominee. What kind of year has he had politically? Well, again, he started 2023 coming off those good midterms for Democrats and his approval rating, you know, 4650 wasn't that bad, but it's taken a hit this year. And as we start to close out the year, our final NBC poll had him at just 40 percent approval, 57 percent disapproval. How does this compare to past presidents entering the reelection year? Here you can see it. Here's the 40 that we have Biden at right now. These are all the final polls heading into the election year, re-election year that NBC conducted. You just see all the recent presidents. Look, Trump got beat in 2020. He was at 44 heading into his re-election year. Bush Sr. got beat in 92. He was at 52 and heading south rapidly uh, there. But you see how that number compares. That's the lowest. That's the lowest in an NBC poll for an incumbent facing a re-election year. That's not good. I mean, I'm just saying, not good. Uh... But Biden does, you know, the, the, the thing that is really troubling for Joe Biden is that as a messenger, he's just the absolute worst. So they asked him on the rockin' New Year's Eve, what are you, what's your New Year's goal? What do you, you know, what, what do you want to do? What's your, what's your, what's your big goal here for 2024? Now think about this now. He's running for reelection, theoretically, for president of the United States of America. He, he's not popular and he gets asked the question, well, you know, what do you, what do you, like, what's your, what's your New Year's resolution here? What is it? What's your resolution? Cut 12. What's your New Year's resolution, sir? Not next year. <laughs> Anything else? Not the biggest one right now. To come back next year. Of course, he said that from the United States Virgin Islands, where he was there on a very, very posh, luxurious vacation, staying at the home of a guy who owns several media outlets in the United States of America. So you see, it's not good for him right now. And even Morning Joe had to confront Corrine Jean-Pierre on these terrible poll numbers showing Biden losing the Hispanic vote. I'll share that with you upon my return. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, our fourth and final hour coming right back. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Indeed it is, and that's good because it's a short week for us. Happy New Year. Well, thank you for being here. We appreciate it very much. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun, and uh, we are going to be at the center of the action. No doubt about it. So I'm excited. I really am, and I'm glad. I'm grateful that you listen. Thank you very, very much. Um, I, you know, I'm going to skip the Morning Joe thing for now. I, I don't have time for it, but the, the bottom line is that Corrine Jean-Pierre is confronted because this – New poll that shows Biden is losing Hispanic voters. I mean, Trump is beating Biden with Hispanic voters. It's just it's it really is truly amazing. But this is another idiotic point that Jamie Raskin makes. All right. So Jamie Raskin is proving to be one of the biggest idiots ever. He was an election denier. Now, in 2017, he tried to stop the certification of Donald Trump from becoming president. I don't know why. 
he has not been charged with that crime of election denialism. But he argued that Trump should not be certified as president by the United States Congress because of uh, Florida. And he, he this was his argument is an election denial. Now, today, Donald Trump officially appealed to the United States Supreme Court to have them review the decision in Maine. The Supreme Court, I think, is going to tell Maine, go scratch. This man has had no due process. Get out of here. I don't think they'll necessarily address the 14th Amendment, Section 3, because I don't think they have to, because Donald Trump has not been charged or found guilty of anything with an insurrection. So I don't think it's relevant yet. They may, but I don't think they will. The other question then becomes is what does the special counsel Jack Smith do? I think Jack, and I've said this to you for a while, I think Jack Smith is ultimately going to throw more charges at Trump, one of which will be giving aid and comfort to those who did commit an insurrection against the United States, his point being the Proud Boys who were found guilty of seditious conspiracy, which I think is a ridiculous overcharge by the prosecution. But nevertheless, as of now, that verdict stands, and I think that Jack Smith will probably charge Trump with that, which then would elevate, assuming he's found guilty, uh, the 14th Amendment Section 3 claim of whether or not it includes presidents, which, of course, it does not. But that may never see the light of day anyway. And the reason for that is, because I told you, we were getting off the air for our final show of the year. It was that Friday right before Christmas, And the United States Supreme Court came down and said, we're not going to hear the fast track claims regarding Trump's immunity. It's got to go through the circuit court. That process will take time. And presumably, it'll be appealed either by the government or by Trump, depending on how the court rules, who will be doing the appeal. And then the Supreme Court's going to hear it. You may be, this whole thing may be a, a moot point anyway, because by the time this gets to court, Trump may already be president and pardon himself. Or another Republican will be president, pardon Trump. So I'd be shocked if this ever actually sees the light of day. And the Supreme Court may not want to tackle the 14th Amendment Section 3 part right now. They like narrow rulings. And I think it's very easy just to turn around and tell Maine he hasn't had any due process. This is a federal charge and you don't have the right as a state to block him unless he's been found guilty of something. In which case, then we can talk about whether or not the 14th Amendment Section 3 even applies. Or they may just tackle it all at once and just say it's irrelevant because it doesn't apply to presidents. But this is what they're worried about, is that I told you back in 2016, as I was trying to heal all the Republican voters, many of whom were angry and did not want to vote for Trump, and they, I said, you got to do it for the court. You don't want Hillary Clinton appointing justices. And Trump appointed some really solid justices to the Supreme Court who are originalists and textualists who are going to look at the writings and also look at the original draft of the 14th Amendment, Section 3, which did include president, and then they took it out. And I think the court's going to conclude that they took it out for a reason, and therefore it doesn't apply to presidents, and, you know, that's it. This is why Raskin, who's an idiot, thinks that conservative justices should not be allowed to weigh in on this because of their political philosophy. So now this is the next thing now that we're getting to, which is that if a case goes before the Supreme Court that is favorable to a Republican or favorable to Trump or favorable to a conservative uh, outcome, I guess those conservative justices should have to recuse themselves in Jamie Raskin's world. Cut five. Should any of the justices recuse themselves if they take this up? Well, um, finally, the Supreme Court has developed what they're describing as a code of ethics. It's not binding in the sense that 
they're not going to anyone else. They could have gone to, for example, circuit court justices. You, you could have had state Supreme Court justices on a panel. But so they're, they're deciding for themselves, again, whether they're in violation of their code of ethics. But I think anybody looking at this in any kind of dispassionate, reasonable way would say if your wife was involved in the big lie and claiming that Donald Trump had actually won the presidential election had been agitating for that and participating in the events leading up to January 6th, that you shouldn't be participating. So in, he should recuse himself. He should. Oh, he absolutely should recuse himself. The question is, what do we do if he doesn't recuse mm-hmm. himself? What do well, he's talking about Clarence Thomas because his wife was involved. So now if your wife's involved politically in something, you have to recuse yourself. That's that's going to be Jamie Raskin's standard. It's idiotic. Uh, Philadelphia has a new mayor. Sherelle Parker was sworn in today as mayor. One of her first acts was to declare that there is a public safety emergency in the city of Philadelphia. This is a little bit from Mayor Parker's inauguration today. Cut 20. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support that I will support, obey, and defend, obey and defend the Constitution of the United States, the Constitution of the United States, the Constitution of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, the Constitution of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and the Philadelphia Home Rule Charter, and the Philadelphia Home Rule Charter, and that I will, and that I will, that I will discharge the duties, discharge the duties as mayor, as mayor of Philadelphia, of Philadelphia, with fighting. Now, one of the first acts she did was to sign this order declaring a citywide public safety emergency, directing the new police commissioner to do whatever he's got to do, basically, to clean up the city, which is good. Uh, Jim Kenney, the disgrace, the now former mayor, would never do so. He would never, ever do that. And now Kevin Bethel is now sworn in officially as Philadelphia's new police commissioner. And people have said great things about him. They expect great things from him as a cop's cop. And hopefully he'll do a great job. Her action plan for the first hundred days of her administration includes this public safety emergency. And good. I mean, I think it's uh, it's really important. Hopefully, hopefully this will be a change. I mean, we need a change. But of course, as she deals with lawlessness and the new police commissioner pledges to address lawlessness, they have a problem, and that is the cancer in Philadelphia, Larry Krasner. But the new police commissioner, Kevin Bethel, said he felt compelled to take the job in order to help address a violence crisis that he often experienced firsthand while working as the head of safety at the school district in recent years. And... Uh, he's, he's, he's said, you know, he's going to do something and hopefully he will be able to play a part in cleaning up a city, but we have to deal with the reality of the fact that Larry Krasner as the district attorney is going to do everything he possibly can to take the side of criminals. No question about it. All right. So listen, happy new year. The great one, Mark Levin is up next. Uh, wish you nothing but health and prosperity as we begin 2024. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun together. We'll cover all the politics for you. We'll cover this presidential election, U.S. Senate race. Uh, no question about it. We got a chance here to beat the lesser Casey. No doubt about it. My man, Dave McCormick, I think can win that seat. So let's uh, let's do this. All right. Have a great rest of your night. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 